the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sponsored by the Law Office of Robert Bergman. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 40 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Well, good afternoon, Bay Area. This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, host for the last day of Plan Your Estate Radio. This is kind of a bittersweet day for me because five years ago, I started broadcasting this show here on KDOW 1220 AM. I wasn't quite sure how the show would go. I wasn't even completely clear on my format yet. I had a little prior experience with a half-hour show on KFAX AM 1100, Christian Talk Radio, a sister station of KDOW 1220, if you weren't aware of it. That show actually had me going into the studio in Fremont um, basically every other Wednesday for an hour where I would sit down and I would record two shows back-to-back. And then those would be broadcast, pre-recorded, on Saturday mornings. So there I, I had the ability to record a show If I made a mistake, we could stop it and rewind. As I recall, in all the time I had that show, there was only one time I I had to stop and back up and say something again. Uh, I remember uh, my engineers always liked seeing me come in because I would sit down. We'd record each segment of the show. Boom, 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 boom. Knock out two shows and not really waste a moment. But the one thing that that earlier show, what I what I called Law Bob Radio, which of course didn't tell you anything about what the show was about, but it was about estate planning. That earlier show of mine had one disadvantage, and that was I was working with Annette the whole time. Um, now, if we go back in the Wayback Machine to when Bob was in high school in Mountain View, one of the things I dreamed of back in high school, and I'll tell you that was back early 1970s when I was thinking about this in high school, I wanted to be on radio. In fact, I went so far as to send away for the record set from the Columbia School of Broadcasting. How's that for my broadcasting voice? And uh, I, 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mike. That's my engineer having fun with me today. And I got the records, and it was an interesting program. You you played the records, you listened to them. They had a big book that um, had basically things for you to read, for you to record. And they'd have you record on a cassette player, record your delivery, record news stories, commercials, whatever it happened to be. Then you'd send it off to the school, and they would listen to it. Then they'd send it back with a critique so that you could learn how to do broadcasting on the radio. Well, I didn't do any broadcasting on the radio back then, but one of the things I was involved in and got even more heavily involved in in the 40 years or so to come was doing live theater. Mainly musicals, musical comedies, but also light opera, the Operettas of Gilbert and Sullivan, working with the Lyric Theater here in San Jose, California, the Gilbert and Sullivan Society of San Jose, the Stanford Savoyards, the Gilbert and Sullivan Preparing Group up at Stanford University, and the Lamplighters of San Francisco. Um, I also worked with the West Valley Light Opera Association in Saratoga, the Sunnyvale Community Players in, of course, Sunnyvale. And uh, and even the Saratoga Drama Group, which is now South Bay Music Theater, and uh, several other theaters along the way. So I didn't get on the radio, but I spent a lot of time as a singer and as an actor live on stage. And one of the things I can share with you is a feeling I'm having today of when I would have a show like with the West Valley Light Opera that would go for 18 performances, like four weekends of performances. And it was very intense performing, but then when the show was over, the next day, there was a sadness, because I had gotten very close with a group of people. We had come together. We had put on something amazing for audiences to enjoy. But then I knew that that same group of people, I wouldn't be doing that show again with them ever again. Um, because they'd go on to new shows, I'd go on to new shows. And so there was elation at the great job we did, but there was also sadness because it was over. And the next day, it felt like it had been a week since the show had closed, when it was the day before. A month later, it felt like months ago, and pretty soon it felt like the show was years ago, even though maybe it had only been about six months. I suspect I'm going to have similar feelings with my show here, Plan Your State Radio, having lived with this show on the air, working without a net, meaning live, most of the time, sometimes pre-recorded shows or rebroadcast, but mostly live. And I know that come next Friday, there will be a time spot from 2 to 3 that is going to be empty for the first time in five years. And there will be some sadness. There's also a great deal of satisfaction knowing that for five years I have helped educate my listening audience 
about estate planning, different types of estate planning, estate planning issues, and actual problems that people were facing all around the state of California that I would put out on the air and provide answers or solutions or my insights after 40 plus years as an estate planning attorney. And I've had some people listening on the air that have come to me and engaged my services to do their estate plan. And I like to think it's because as time went on and they listened to me more and more, they got to know me more and more. And if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you'll, you've probably figured out that what you hear on the air and what you've been hearing live every week is me. It's not a radio persona that I've put on. It's not something, an identity that I've assumed. Uh, what you hear is actually Bob Bergman. With all of my insights, with all of my speech rhythms, with all of my humor, um, even my anger at times, it's all me. And if you come and work with me as your attorney to do your estate plan, you'll find out that I sound just the same in person as I do on the radio. And you'll find out that I'm the same person in person as you've come to know on the radio. So no pretense with me. It's not the way I was raised. <clears throat> I was raised by parents who grew up on Midwestern farms. My mother was from Ellsworth, Kansas. My dad was from Kimball, Nebraska. They were farm people, and they raised me in a similar way. I was raised in the Midwest of this country, even though I never lived there, because that's where my folks were from, Kansas and Nebraska. That's how I was raised, and that's how I've always been a straight shooter. As your attorney, if you come and work with me, I'll give you the straight story all the time. I won't sugarcoat things. And uh, and if I think you have an idea that's good, I'll tell you so. If I think it's a bad idea, I'll tell you that too. Because I'm not concerned about whether or not you're going to like me or dislike me if I tell you the truth. I believe in telling my clients the truth. Now we're coming up on the first break of the show today. And when we come back, I'm going to talk a little more about my history and my practice. So if you've never heard me before, you'll learn about me today. This is attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll talk with you after the break. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. And welcome back to the second segment of my final show here on KDOW 1220 AM, Plan Your Estate Radio. I'm going to spend this show talking a little bit about my estate planning practice and the kinds of things I do, but I thought I would spend this show more telling you all out there about me and my background in case you haven't heard anything over the years or if, you're, if you've been wondering all this time, who is this Bob Bergman guy anyway? Where did he come from? What's his background? Where did he go to school? What are his interests? Now, if none of that interests you, then, of course, you can tune me out right now. But if it does interest you, 
Stay with me because I'm going to be talking a lot about that in the balance of the show today. Since it's my last show, my last chance to actually speak directly to you, my listening audience, about who I am and what I am and where I'm from, I'm going to use this last show for that purpose. I'd like to first do a shout-out to composer John Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, who is the composer of my theme music. And I, I just... And he deserves every bit of that. I can... Okay, that's enough. That's enough. And and I can, I can tell you, I, I've known this man since he was a 10-year-old toe-headed kid working with the San Jose Children's Musical Theater. I can picture him now playing Tom Sawyer in the musical Tom Sawyer. And John went on from the musical theater, children's musical theater, he went on to study music, seriously become a professional musician, fabulous keyboardist, and, uh, and singer, uh, which eventually led him uh, over 20 years ago to be hired as the music director by Cirque du Soleil to basically direct their O show at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. And it was at that point that he contacted me and said, Hey, Bob, remember me? And I said, of course I remember you. I mean, I was 20 years old when I knew him and he was 10, but I remembered him. He was a good kid. And I got a chance to go to Las Vegas with my wife. We went out there. We saw the show. Fantastic show, by the way. And then John invited us backstage one afternoon so we could actually see where he worked the show his gigantic sound booth with his keyboards and all of his equipment and the percussionist behind him. And on the other side, another sound booth, other side of the stage that had the singers, uh, violinist, other musicians. And he told us he could run the entire show just himself and his percussionist if he had to because all of the music tracks for the show were already recorded as well. And if someone was having a bad night, he could drop out their microphone and bring up their recording. Now, consider this is like a hour and a half solid show with no intermission. Constant music playing. That's what he did. He eventually left that show and went to play with the club band at the Bellagio, playing keyboards and singing. Then he went off to Medford, Oregon, where he founded the Teen Musical Theater of Oregon and the Children's Musical Theater of Oregon, basically following how he learned to do things at the San Jose Children's Musical Theater. And he's been doing that for over 20 years now. And I say more power to him. The musical track... That's my opening music is called American Millennium. And it's from his album called Moonlight, which you can actually listen to. And I recommend you all listen to it on Spotify. If you don't have an account, get an account. 
I actually have my recordings from the actual CD that he gave me uh, a number of years ago. And that's where I pulled the music for my show. He did give me permission to use it. And I'll tell you, I am honored to have used American Millennium as the music for my show for the last five years. Now, I told you I wanted to be in the Columbia School of Broadcasting. I studied with them. But then I spent many, many years doing, as I said, community theater, musicals and light opera. And then um, a number of years later, I started studying voice work at a studio in San Francisco. When I took a little bit of break from practicing law, I actually took a little break from that, and I started studying voice acting and commercial work and uh, doing animated character voices and all those kinds of things. But then, then I got the opportunity to do this show, Plan Your State Radio. And I said, okay, it took a while, Bob, took a while since your dreams of being a live radio host back in high school. And it took me until 62 years of age from 17 years of age to finally have a live show on radio. And that's what I've been doing the last five years. And I will tell you that all of my background, studying voice work, studying back in high school, doing singing and acting in over 50 shows in my lifetime here, including some operas, by the way, in case you were wondering, um, all of that led to me doing this show. And I'll tell you, I have loved being on the air. I've had, I think, a lot of really good shows. I've had some okay shows. I've had some shows that just weren't all that great. But you know what? That pretty much describes life, doesn't it? Good days, bad days, great days, really lousy, sucky days. That's part of what life is. And I am, I, I feel blessed and privileged to have been able to spend this time on the air with those of you out there for the last five years. Who knows? A few years from now, I may get the urge to go back on the air again. Um, I may very well start up a podcast. And at some point, we're going to be migrating all of the podcasts of my shows, five years worth, um, migrating to a platform where they'll be available going forward. And then I may add to that going forward. Uh, add some more podcasts from my office. Maybe even some, uh, some video podcasts. So you can actually see what Bob looks like year over year over year. See what a handsome guy I am and how I'm aging gracefully. Uh, I think I'm actually looking pretty good for my age. But you know what? I'm biased. I've known myself a long time. We're coming up on the mid-show break, and when we come back, I'll bore you some more with my personal history, going back to when and where I was born. This is attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio. Talk with you after the break. AM 1220, KDOW. 
This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. And welcome back to the third segment of the final show of Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. Now, I have a kind of unusual history in many ways. I share a lot in common with many of my clients and many of you listening out there today. And that is that I am a naturalized U.S. citizen. Now, you're probably going, but wait, Bob, you said your folks are from Kansas and Nebraska farms. But but they're from Kansas and Nebraska. They were born here in the United States. Yes, that's correct. How is it that you're a naturalized U.S. citizen? Well, here it is. Back when I was born in 1955, same year that Disneyland was born, I was born in a little town in North Africa called Tripoli. Tripoli, Libya. The same Tripoli that's in the Marine Corps hymn. The halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Same place. Same place that uh, that the United States bombed the heck out of when uh, Gaddafi was there. Same place. But when I was born there, it was after World War II. Italy had had Libya as a colony, but they lost their colonial empire as the result of World War II. Um, I mean, they lost Libya and Ethiopia and Italian Somaliland, for example. Uh, but there were a lot of Italians that were already living in Libya and stayed there after the war to continue to live and work there. One of those Italians was my mother. My mother, and this is my birth mother. She was from Italy, from northern Italy, specifically. And um, she was young. She met a, I think, kind of handsome um, uh, serviceman, uh, American serviceman. And one thing led to another, and Roberto was born. Yes, that's actually my birth name, Roberto. Not Robert, Roberto. But then my folks from Kansas and Nebraska, who had two older daughters, they wanted a son. And my mother at that point was, this is my mom, at that point was already 40 years of age. And uh, back then, Having a child after then was very, very risky. Not as much today, still risky, but not nearly as much as back then. They actually approached my birth mother. My birth mother had no real way to care for me. And so she gave me up for adoption. My folks went all the way through the legal system in Libya all the way to the highest court of Libya. The Su Back then it was called the Supreme Judicial Tribunal of Libya. And in a decision from that high court that I have a copy of that is in Arabic on one side, Italian on the reverse side, 
they decided it was okay for this American couple to adopt this little Italian boy and make him their son. Now, you might wonder, what were my folks doing in Libya? Well, back then, the United States had an Air Force base in Libya called Wheelis Air Force Base. And my father was stationed there. He commanded the Air Weather Service detachment for the base. My dad, at that time, was a weatherman in the United States Air Force having been a pilot in World War II, um, and actually having been a civil engineer before World War II, um, they asked him, we need meteorologists, are you willing to be one? He said, okay. So they sent him to Caltech. He became a meteorologist, and then years later ended up in North Africa with my mom and my two older sisters, and that's where they picked up Roberto. They brought me back to the States. We ended up in Ypsilanti, Michigan, which is fairly close to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And, uh, and then that was another base there, and then relocated to Ent Air Force Base in Colorado, which is basically where the Air Force Academy is. And, um, and that is where my parents applied to have me made a citizen in uh, the federal district court there in Colorado. And at the age of four and a half, I became a citizen of the United States. And uh, for people who doubt me, you can come to my office and you can see a facsimile of my naturalization paper hanging up on the wall. There's the proof. People say, you know what, you're... You know, you, you're an Italian citizen before. You go, that's right. Uh, technically, also a U.S. citizen because my birth father was an American citizen, but I can't prove that relationship. Um, so, so here I am now, living U.S. citizen in Colorado, and from Colorado, we then went to Bermuda to Kindley Air Force Base, where I spent three years there in Bermuda then to Langley Air Force Base in Virginia, Tactical Air Command, home of NASA and the CIA. And uh, those are really the years I remember the most, up until my dad retired from the Air Force. We then moved from Virginia to California and uh, settled in originally in Sunnyvale, where um, I did 8th grade in Sunnyvale at Ortega Junior High School, which I think is no longer around. But I know there's probably people listening here that went, I went to Ortega, or I know someone who went to Ortega. Well, that's where I went. Then I went on to St. Francis High School in Mountain View, um, which was um, a really fantastic experience for me. I got a quality, quality education. It was all boys at the time I went there, um, and our major rival was Bellarmine College Preparatory, which is here in San Jose, uh, also and still all boys. But then in my senior year of high school, St. Francis 
High School joined together with Holy Cross High School, which was the all-girls high school down the road, that um, same teaching order, one was the Brothers of the Holy Cross, the other was the Sisters of the Holy Cross, affiliated with the Fathers of the Holy Cross, who run a little university in the Midwest called Notre Dame University. So I was in the first co-educational graduation class for St. Francis High School, class of 1973. So that means, yes, coming up in a couple of months, it will be exactly 50 years from when Bob graduated from high school in Mountain View. I've lived in the Valley since 1968. From, from high school graduation, I went, uh, I actually, I applied and was a first alternate to the Air Force Academy, but the person who got in ahead of me decided to go, so I wasn't able to go. But then I went to UC Berkeley for my freshman year on an Army ROTC scholarship, a full scholarship from the Army. I trained with the cadet battalion up there at Berkeley, but then decided I didn't enjoy Ber- Berkeley for the education. Being a lower classman at Berkeley was not very inspiring, being taught by graduate students and going to gigantic, gigantic lecture halls. I do remember from Berkeley, though, um, auditioning for and getting cast in the Chamber Singers, a small group of singers. I was the only freshman, and I sang tenor and uh, got the privilege of doing Leonard Bernstein's Mass that they put on, a professional and semi-professional production they put on at Zellerbach Auditorium. That was my first experience of being in a really big show, working with professionals, professional directors, professional orchestra. Marvelous experience. But then I decided to go come back home, and I enrolled at De Anza College. I thought I want to get myself at least an AA. I tried to move my scholarship to De Anza College, but San Jose State said, no, you have to be going to San Jose State. Even those students from De Anza College trained with the cadets at San Jose State. They would not let me just put my scholarship over at De Anza College. I had to be attending San Jose State. So I ended up giving up my scholarship. And ironically, after graduating from De Anza, I transferred to San Jose State to finish out my junior and senior years. And it was there that um, I was training to be a teacher. I wanted to be a history teacher. But I was so dissatisfied with the way that they were teaching us in the education school how to teach. I knew it was not going to work, and that was borne out a few years later when they abandoned that whole nonsense. Um, So then I decided, okay, what am I going to do with my degree if I'm not going to teach? And you know what? I thought back to when I was a freshman at Berkeley looking at the law school up there, Bolt Hall at Berkeley, and wondering... How could someone ever go to law school? It just looks so hard. Well, stay tuned, and I'll let you know how things turned out.
Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. And welcome back with the final segment of the final show with Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. When I was there at San Jose State, starting to become a high school teacher, and then discovered it was not really for me, I thought back to when I was a freshman up at Berkeley and standing outside of Bolt Hall, the law school up there, seeing this massive old building and inscription they had across there, and thinking, how could one possibly go to law school? And that was when I was a a young freshman in college. Well, four years later, I said, I'm going to go to law school. And I applied to and was accepted at Santa Clara University, which back there was University of Santa Clara, the original USC, by the way, founded 1851, long before the better-known USC down there in Los Angeles. And I went to law school, and I graduated, and I studied for and took the bar and passed on the first try and went to work as a lawyer. In my early years as a lawyer, I did a number of different practice areas. But the one that stuck with me that I was introduced to in my second year of practice was estate planning. And I've been doing estate planning continuously since my second year of law practice. Even up to and including uh, when I left the practice of law for about two and a half years and went and worked with uh, Comerica Bank. I was a vice president and business development officer for Comerica Bank Institutional Trust Department up in Palo Alto. Uh, I had burned out on the practice of law. But then, after that two-and-a-half-year break, I came back to the practice of law, renewed, revived, and with a new purpose. And I went forward and uh, decided I was going to pursue getting my certification as a specialist in estate planning, trust, and probate law, which is something that I did. Uh, I actually took the exam shortly after I returned to the practice of law, and I passed it, but I was not eligible to get certified because it had been so long since I'd done actual practical things in the area of estate planning that I did not have enough build-up, enough numbers of things to satisfy the requirements they had. But that was fine. Um, After a few years, I took the exam again, passed it again, and became board certified as a specialist in estate planning, trust, and probate law. Uh, Ironically, the date that they notified me and the date on my certificate said April 1st. (laughs) You can imagine the jokes uh, that I got from my colleagues when they found out that I became certified on April 1st. And I said, no, this is not a joke. I really am now board certified. And as a board-certified specialist, I've I've been board-certified now for, uh, let me think, I think it's over 10 years now, and uh, maybe approaching 11 years. And I will likely keep my certification for the rest of the time I'm practicing law. Now, over the years as an attorney, I have done several hundred seminars, 
but now I have pivoted to doing really primarily on-demand webinars. If you want to watch one of my webinars, one is for families with minor children, one is for a general webinar, you can go to lawbob, L-A-W-B-O-B dot com. Click on the menu link for webinars and seminars, drop down to the webinars, and you will see there a brief description of each webinar and then a link where you can go through, register, and watch. People who watch my webinars, if they want to have a consultation with me, they have to agree to certain conditions. The primary condition is you're not going to book a consultation with me on estate planning unless you've decided you want me to assist you with your planning and you just need help figuring out what level of trust planning you need to do for you and your family. Now, since I launched my webinars a month ago, I've had about 37 viewings, and I have now had four families hire me to do their estate planning. And I suspect that some of the other families that viewed are thinking about it, and they'll come to me in the future. You can do that today, though. Uh, I'll let you know we can actually meet virtually through Zoom, or you can meet in my office here in San Jose. I'm open to both ways of meeting. I have a very precise process for planning, for the design and everything else, so that nothing gets missed and every one of your concerns is addressed specifically in the planning and drafted specifically in the planning. Every plan that I do for people is custom drafted. I do not do any planning that's just canned, fill-in-the-blank forms, things like that. That's just not what I do. So... If you're interested, go to LawBob, L-A-W-B-O-B dot com, and register for one of my on-demand webinars. Uh, you can also read other things about what I do as an attorney that I'm not going to bore you with now because we're only about 30 seconds away from closing out my five-year time on the air. I want to thank uh, Mike Matthews, my engineer today, and also a higher up in the station, He's the one with the sense of humor, giving the sound effects and everything. Thank you, Mike. And to all of you out there, it's been a great five years, and maybe I'll be back in the future. But for now, have a great weekend and have a great life. This is Attorney Bob Bergman signing off. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com, or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.